Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. If you had told me I would be setting more healthy boundaries with my closest loved ones, not doing something out of guilt, and comfortable asking for the sale or setting prices equal to my worth in my business after such a short time in this course, I certainly would have told you no way. However, I'm doing all of those things and much, much more unapologetically these days. While you're grabbing a pen and piece of paper, consider this. Just how many people are actually paid to learn? Yes, you heard me correctly. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. And by the time I'm done with this course, I will have earned more than what I invested in this life-changing journey. You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And to get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. Now, it's time to dive in and let's get to work. Let's meet the rest of the team. Hi, this is Marcia Sertino and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. And now, time for class. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we present to you Ethics and Integrity on Review, Exercise 28, Ethical Foresight. Starting on page 156, we dive into another, what looks like laborious exercise, but it's more like a recipe. How are we doing with that exercise? It feels so final. (laughs) Getting to the point, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like that's, this is where the this is where the road. <laughs> yeah, and your word has to, and you're just like, oh gosh. I don't know about you guys, but it, I literally do find that to be the one very tough thing to actually just lay it down and say, okay, this is, I'm saying this, and this is the decision I'm going to do, and I'm not giving myself that wiggle room to get out of it or whatever. It's really made me recognize just how much I hate to do that. It's made me feel like an attorney. You know how you can never pin them down? Or maybe it's just the ones at my job. I don't know. (laughs) And I think for me, the I will be on time every time, that's the one that I need to absolutely focus on because that's the one that's toughest for me. Now, you understand in step one, I'm just giving you some kickoff items. I'm not asking readers to use those specific examples in their life unless they really feel drawn to using them. They feel comfortable with using them. Where are the areas that you know you need to apply your parenting skills more than your child skills? (laughs) (laughs) For me this week, it has been I will not hurt others or myself. Mm. It's been a challenging office mate week. Realize that most of it is me with what has really just honed in on my last nerve this week. But I realized that I several times this week I can't say what really wants to fly out of my mouth either because it's been a challenge. How are you using those challenges as teachers? When the sandpaper is finally ripped open, the raw nerve, and you want to just explode, how are you stepping into an observational mode so that you can squeeze out some really ripe learning lessons? To just step back right at that moment when I'm wanting to just blow up, 
to step back and realize that what's going on this week is my stuff, not hers. She doesn't realize she's doing anything that's bugging me, and I realize that it's me. So in those moments where you're recognizing the ownership of the issue, how are you being compassionate with yourself? She is a good friend, and she would do anything for me. And it's important for me to remember that in those moments that my nerves are frayed, to be able to step back and go, it would hurt me to lose her as a friend. And we're in this situation beyond our control. I'm just going to have to keep taking a step back and realizing that so that I don't hurt myself. Okay, good start. As you engage the explorer, have you given your explorer the question, what's the bigger lesson? Meaning you have been paired, I'll put this person in your office for some time. Mm -hmm. You have made it clearly known that a different working base, it would be more optimal for you. Yet the wheels of change are somewhat stickily slow. Therefore, the explorer question is, what's the bigger lesson here? Yeah. One of the bigger lessons is realizing that I don't have control over this situation and to stop trying to control it. And once I do that, things will go along fine until what needs to happen happens and it does change. Bingo. Bingo. Marcia, you're dancing with the controller in your own journey too, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, my controller has been at front and center (laughs) this week, and I don't like her. (laughs) The the irony that I'm the one that's not having the out-of-control controller right now. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that is pretty funny. It's funny that with everything that's going on, that just now in the last five minutes, I've realized that it was my controller who was showing her ass all week. That's funny. Mm-hmm. And control or the desire to have it is a larger dance with what? Ego. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and it's driven by a four-letter word that starts with F for fear. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. When we are scared, one way to be less scared is to have a sense of control over something, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. I think I know what may have prompted this week's insanity is they are telling us now that it could be June before the construction is finished. And I think that my controller panicked. <laughs> <laughs> she totally went, oh, my freaking God, I can't do this till June. Bingo. Bingo. Which is an interesting aspect of ethics because the way I'm positing things, ethics equal word equal deed. It's very simple. I say it, I do it. I can say one minute that I'm going to need an apple, and the next minute I can say I'm changing my mind, I'm going to eat an orange. Three minutes later I can say I don't even want fruit, I want a juicy steak. Five minutes later I can change my mind. It's okay to change my mind. So, Christina, earlier on you were saying how it felt kind of attorney-ish. You understand that ethics, as long as you're communicating what you're going to do and or the changes in what you agreed to do, you're still being ethical, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
it's the wiggle room that you're struggling with. Am I intuiting that correct? Yep. I've grown to like wiggle room. (laughs) (laughs) It is like a nice warm blanket on a cold day. (laughs) Then you mix into that the maternal energy. Oh, yeah. I have a big one. Hence the reason that she's in the situation, I might add. Yep, I say that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever observed those who have a strong maternal energy, which can include men, are more controlling than those who are more paternal? Oh. Why is that? I have an idea to run past you. Women or those who are more maternally inclined focused more on the larger, bigger relationship picture than men. Yes, I think so. I think that's true. Yeah. Three of you believe that women or those who are really maternally grounded, their way of navigating the world is creating strong, healthy, robust relationships, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Gee, any room in there for a controller? <laughs> I feel my controller happens more with the people in my class than with my own kids right now. <laughs> and I'm like, why? <laughs> because I spend so much more time right now with my students. My kids, they have their own life. So, yeah, it's carried over to my students right now. <laughs> Well, Marcia, you also have had more than one child, correct? Do you see your evolution from being a mother for the first time to what you were like a mother the second time? Were there changes in the level of control that you put on the second child that was nowhere near what happened to the first child? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, with the first child, you have more time. With the second, the third, I'm telling you, you got to divide your time among them, and <laughs> it can become a little chaotic. So you're not spending as much time as you did if you, with your first child. And your first child comes out, like I was amazed with my daughter. I mean, when it was time for school and she's in kindergarten, she was dressed up and dressed before I even got out of bed. She was waking me up. I was like, grief, where did this child come from? <laughs> I mean, I put all that attention into teaching her. So who's the mom here? <laughs> <laughs> and hence we get soul revealed being the last of nine, that personality. Hmm. <laughs> I, according to all of my brothers and sisters, I got away with hell. I had a... <laughs> easy life (laughs) and I countered that with well that's your observation you're not the one preparing mother to be on her own yeah you don't have the stress of being the last one out the door where you need to make sure all the plumbing is cared for the electrical is cared for the house is cared for everything is taken care of so that when you do leave the house, at least for a short amount of time, is going to be okay. You never had that. You just left. And they pondered that for a moment and went, hmm. <laughs> so imagine being the only that hung the moon and the stars and the sun. 
Oh, imagine exactly. what that's like. <laughs> yep. Mm, yeah, that's a total different thing right there. And maybe I'm being the oldest. Work. I'm the oldest of three. I can remember as a child being like a mama to the boys and sitting them down and said, let's play school and I'm your teacher. Yeah, it never went well. Add to this mix, whether you're a parent or whether you're new on the job or whether it's your first job or whether it's the first management position you're in, think about this. When we enter in a new environment like being more ethical in our lives, it's often easy to feel afraid, right? It's new. It's different. True? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So the first thing we want to do in a new situation is what? Get grounded. Take control of what we know. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I'm doing as you get into steps two, three, four in this exercise. Is I'm helping you mind map and brainstorm. Okay, where are those areas in life I know I need to be more ethical? Put them down on paper. Just get them out of your head. And as you tear into them with the explore mentality, you begin to look at, ah, oh, here's how I'll sabotage that. Here's how I'll sabotage this. I know I'll screw it up there. I'm giving you permission on paper to go into the deeper end of where, okay, if I'm going to be ethical, I need to revise this statement so that I can be ethical. Is this making any sense? Yeah, I think so. For like example, one of the things that I've noticed about myself is my desire and intention to to do so many things without regard to, to the fact that there's only 24 hours in a day and I have to have at least an hour or two of sleep and, you know, those kind of things. <laughs> So, and that's one way that I've always consistently just been sabotaging myself is feeling like it can be done in X amount of time or in or X way and completely not building in variables that are outside of my control. And it's like, Christina, it's time to learn that lesson. How many times are you going to thump your head on this wall? So, Christina, and, I seek permission to dive deeper with that. Well, I knew that you would, and so because I feel like that this is going to help so many people, I'm willing to be the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha, Chelsea, yes? would you tell oh, Christina head up committee. one thing she has 100% control over? There's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing that you have 100% control over. Bingo. I love you, though. <laughs> How's that for neat, concise, and short? <laughs> love it. Boom. There you have it. Just saying. <laughs> when you factor that in, Christina, how does that throw a wrench into the control freak? Well, it's my freak is throwing, a, as, as they would say, a good bitch fit right now. <laughs> She's having a hissy fit. Okay. (laughs) I can't remember where I said this in the book, but in some place in the book, whenever the controller engages, which often kickstarts the analyzer, it then creates an environment of noise. 
one issue becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes 32. Doubt, right? shame, and worry kicks in. Noise, right. noise, noise. Right? Right. As the noise grows louder, is it more easy or less easy to remember the prime directive, I have a choice? It's less easy as the noise gets louder. Mm-hmm. But over the nine months, it's, it's become easier for me to recognize, oh, this train is getting ready to run away. Yeah. You have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's huge. So much so that I have even gotten good at saying, oh, heck, I don't like any of these choices, but I still got a choice. <laughs> <laughs> And I do have my moment when I say, oh, heck, I don't like any of these choices. Mm-hmm. And then I have that moment where the controller says, yeah, let me get back in here and let's find a choice that you like and let's see if we can create a scenario that you like. So I go down that path. Let's see if what I can, <laughs> what I can create. Okay, well, I can't create it. So let's go back to what I've got to select here. <laughs> so what's going on with your competitor part of things then? Oh, man. Why are we picking on my chaos committee so so strongly today? <laughs> we don't have to. We could we could share the wealth. We could we could broaden the focus. One of the more intriguing aspects, dare I assume, for Christina, is as you become more intimately aware of the unholy marriage between your controller and your competitor, you've become a stronger, healthier person. Mm-hmm. This is true. Oddly enough, competition is not such a motivator right now. And and I've I've allowed that to just be, but I have to tell you that that's something that's eerily like, who am I, if that makes any sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you've operated on the competitor mode for most of your life, yeah? Yeah. And it's ironic that we're talking about this today because literally that has been a conversation probably about three or four different times this week. Even so much no, so really... that a friend of mine that I has never shown her, her competitive side has been ultra competitive this week, mm-hmm. almost as if it's the universe daring me to not join the party. <laughs> and I'm just Hopefully having this aha moment game. right now. It's been that freaky. Like I'm having an aha moment, y'all, that literally because she's never really shown that side of her. I knew she had it, but it's never – come up in our relationship so much so. But this week has been on like nobody's business. And I'm like, I'm just not even going down that road. Like you win. Do you feel better? And she's been like, no, no. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, once again, I can't help but wonder if I could manipulate space and time to take the Christina who just said that, sit her down with the Christina of March of 2015, <laughs> and just watch the conversation. <laughs> it would not be anywhere like that, let me tell you. <laughs> when we stop and look at this feeling of time, time in that component within ethics, what I say and what I do, the span of time between what I say and what I do is in the statement, isn't it? 
If I tell you that I'm going to come to your door at 6 o'clock tonight, ring your doorbell, and hand you a plate of cookies, and I come to your door at 6 o'clock tonight, ring the doorbell, and hand you cookies, I'm ethical. If at 5.45 I call you up and I say, I'm really sorry, I told you I'd be at your door at 6 o'clock, something's come up, totally unavoidable, I'll have to postpone your cookie plate. Am I still ethical? Yes. 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 However, when I do that, is it fairly easy from an emotional standpoint to go into the moral mode and go, you asshole, I was expecting those cookies. I was really looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there is where the doubt, guilt, shame, worry pops up. Bingo. We're getting into the paradox that I've included in this chapter. You knew I would throw that in there somewhere, right? <laughs> of course. We knew. Of course. <laughs> and, and anybody have an idea of what the paradox is? Ethics and morality often don't align. Do they ever align? No. Nope. They don't. Nothing is black and white. Bingo. Gray. So on the one end, I'm telling you, you're an ethical person. When a statement is made, if there's an adjustment to the agreement necessary, and I verbalize that adjustment, and it's mutually agreed upon following the principles in Chapter 8, performance-based contracts, we mutually agree that, yes, that change is fine. We're being ethical. Now, if I make a habit, because I know that I can remain an ethical person by changing my agreements with you endlessly, therein lies the paradox, isn't it? That's what Christina was talking about earlier. At what point in time do I go, where am I abusing this little get-out-of-jail-free card clause? Did that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But there's a, a factor of that, that that is really, when, there's, when it involves someone else, well, heck, even with yourself, there's a, there's a line in there of, of when it becomes unhealthy. It's too deep. I must retreat. Let me make it really, really, really simple. Do you value simplicity or complexity? Which do you value more? Simplicity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does I that tell you? More, even more so as I grow. I'm feeling the wheels turning. <laughs> Look back on our relationship over the last 10 months. While on the one end, it would be absolutely accurate to say, Soul, you've got one of the most complex Byzantine business systems I've ever seen in my life. I can't even begin to wrap my head around it. Is that an accurate statement? Yes. Marcia, I'm sure that Marcia, go ahead and answer that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to explain it. Really, it's, that website of yours can be complex, and yet it's very easy for those of us who know how to navigate it. <laughs> but I'll tell you, when I want to find something, and I know it's been archived, I got to find it, and I'm like, where the heck do I find it? I want to find that page. 
the whole process of just your website, I mean, you give us a lot of information or sometimes just enough information and then we're listening to the audio that's included there so we get a little bit more information to understand what it is we're trying to understand here. <laughs> and honestly, I'm so thankful that you do that because I do. I looked at ethics and integrity and I said, well, what's the difference here? And I really had to think about it. So your website is unlike many other websites and all those layers and all the information, the audios, library, everything that's in there. It's just, wow. (laughs) It mirrors life. If I'm stupid enough to think that by me looking at any of you at the surface level and then to form a judgment about you just by checking out what you're wearing, what you're saying, what you're driving, what you're eating, who you're with, to make a judgment on that surface level sets me up for failure, true or false. True. Very true. True. However, most of society, what do they do? They do just that. Very surface. Buy our material things, too. So many superficial judgments. Exhausting. Have you noticed my journey has been a bit of a roller coaster? I take you up, I take you down. I take you up, I take you down. I take you up even higher, I take you down even lower. I take you up even higher, and I take you down even (laughs) lower. (laughs) You take us down to the, what's it called, the uh, crevasses. You take us low sometimes, or maybe that's And, <laughs> and sometimes you take us way, way up and drop us. <laughs> <laughs> Put your parachute out, Chelsea. <laughs> From a teaching methodology viewpoint, observations, why I do that. It gets me in better touch with the reality. Not the fantasy that people build in their mind, but the reality of life. I know I have come to understand it on a, on a level as it relates to me, not as soul, what soul said. Very true. Mm-hmm. While on the one hand, I offer a very complex system. On the other hand, that complexity is reduced to one word. And I talk about that one word at the very beginning of the book, And the word starts with C for choice. You choose to go to whatever depths or heights, right? Right. Yeah, I think we need to add another C word in there, though. Mm. Care to guess which one I'm thinking? Well, I would say, hopefully, compassion. Well, that wasn't the one I was thinking, but it's a very good one, actually. I was thinking of convenience. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, she's getting wicked. I like it. I like convenience, too. <laughs> the convenience is like our handbrake. Certainly has been, for me, it's been one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah, this right here, this is too, I don't want to even want to go this deep. And so I can just put on the handbrake and it's like, oh, great, I'm not going to get the lesson unless I go deeper, so let me let it go. <laughs> but it's, Definitely, I think, in my opinion, as I 
take a step back and give the 30,000-foot view of, of this experience, this journey. Choice is huge. If convenience is that thing that literally in the beginning for me was the difference between, okay, how deep am I going to go and how high and, and how deep am I not going to go? And it was all about the convenience of me. Am I willing to be dis- uncomfortable? Am I willing to really see me? How ugly, how pretty, whatever, and uh, am I really willing, ready to go there, willing to go there? Not so much ready, but willing. And that convenience gives you a way out or a yeah. way to step off the elevator for a while. Right, because in the beginning we talk about you have a choice and we talk about doing things in realm of when they feel good. And I've stayed stuck on that line like throughout the whole book of like, well, feeling good, if I just do when it, when it feels good, I'm not going to stretch. Then an understanding of, okay, now I can stretch past this and this, right, going to this next barrier is probably unhealthy right now. When I think that I chose to be in the mind space that I have been in this whole week, that makes me want to beat my own ass <laughs> for, allowing, for allowing myself to be in that headspace all week. Wow. I was just going to say choice is the threshold to magic if you want magic. So when you say convenience, do you mean staying in your comfort zone? It can be. I've chosen to be very uncomfortable (laughs) throughout this Mm -hmm. experience so that I would grow more. Me too. (laughs) General going through this process and even compassion because compassion isn't always comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. That was a... I didn't even realize I was getting ready to say that moment. (laughs) Compassion allows convenience such that, oh, well, I'm really busy. And since society generally sees busyness as worthy, meaning you're being constructive, you're doing something, you're producing something, you're a productive member of society. So since you're so busy... It's convenient to say, I've been so busy, I haven't had a time to do this exercise. And society would say, oh, well, that's certainly understandable. You're you're a very busy person. We understand. How convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're tired. It's all right. You've worked yourself. That's right. You've Mm -hmm. been through a lot emotionally. You've had a lot of emotional trauma. You get to not deal. You get to just bail out. Mm-hmm. You get to call in, you know what, soul, this is another chapter. <laughs> you can put another chapter in the book. <laughs> but you can call out all kinds of calling cards. I mean, convenient, yep. overwhelm, tired, like all of these things. Yep. All justifiable. Mm-hmm. And all acceptable socially. Mm hmm. Yep. Our social norms are, it's the root of chaos. Bingo. Oh, that was good. No, I'm feeling all deep this morning, right? (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I want to see a video on that one. (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you see, however, how ethics is the chemotherapy to the cancer of convenience? Say it again. Ethics are the chemotherapy to the cancer of convenience. Think about this. Chemotherapy is a very toxic, invasive procedure. True? Yeah. Very true. It is submitted to under the notion that it's going to, quote, cure the cancer, right? Right. Mm-hmm. At what cost? To me, the studies still have not conclusively shown me that 40 years, 50 years after having a chemotherapy session that has eradicated a body of cancer, that that chemotherapy session hasn't also taxed your organs in ways that it has reduced your life. And result, it has reduced your life. Part of the pay me what I'm worth process, ladies, is that notion that life is such a gift that for me to be able to live life daily, that if I die tomorrow, I have no regrets. I'm not clinging on to anything. There's no undone business. Though I have goals, though I have dreams, though I have some things that I want to strive for, if something changes to where I have to let all of that go, I am instantly at peace with that. Now, that's just me. I find that valuable to me to live a happy, healthy, balanced life. I have no desire to copy-paste that type of environment onto anyone. So ethics, at the very beginning of it, much like going to the gym for the first time, much like starting a new routine for the first time, much like any change is difficult beginning, but as we integrate it into our lives, my dear journeyers, as you tighten up your ethics, your magnetism to attract to you what you want more of and to repel simultaneously what you do not want exponentially grows. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you want in your address book? People that when you call them up, email them, communicate with them, and they tell you what they're going to do, and they do it, and they do it? Or do you want people in your address book that when you call them up, email them, communicate them, and they tell you what you, you need from them, and they say, yeah, sure, there's excuses, 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 and they blow it off, and they never do it. But, oh, we're certainly good friends, and I really appreciate your, your – I love you as a friend, and you're such a great – you've got great energy. <laughs> Which – type of address book do you want? The first. And for a while, there may be only one line item in that address book. You. Man. Thus, my agreement with me to do something by and for me better be clean and clear. I better be able to do it. Otherwise, I don't say it. I don't agree it. I don't think of it. Even if I think about doing something that I know I can't do, what good is that? (laughs) As you go through these steps, as you list those items that you know you need to be more ethical on, in our next class I want to hear a few more steps outside of the examples that I've given you that you know you need to tighten up. And then I want to see like a math teacher, I want to see your efforts from the other steps where you dissect it. I want to hear about what you came up with. All right, I want to do A, 
I feel comfortable with doing A. I feel confident that I can get A done. So here's what I'm saying I'm going to do. But here's what I recognize where I could fuck myself up. (laughs) (laughs) Here's where I recognize I have a tendency. I have a pattern. Gee, where did we find out patterns? Did we talk about patterns on this journey yet? Can't recall. (laughs) (laughs) As I get in touch with my patterns of self-sabotage, I can't think of a more powerful way to change. So in this exercise, I'm asking you to get in touch with how do you sabotage yourself? Chelsea, you came up with a very powerful one today. You had an aha. You sabotaged yourself by choosing not to choose. Right? Right. What do you choose now? I choose that from now till we end our office mate situation, that I make better choices and not focus on what's driving me nuts. I focus on the friendship and I focus on a happier situation. How is that choice abusive? It could be abusive to me to not allow me to feel like, oh my God, I'm going to have to hurt you, (laughs) but to feel it and go on and choose not to focus on. There's a pattern here, though, with what you just said you chose that replicates what you have been dealing with all your life. Hmm. That's destructive. Hmm. I see that. Placating. Placating, placating, tolerating. Mm. Placating and tolerating to me are similar, but they're cancerous. I say that. You're going to notice mastery of something often requires a laser focus to the degree that most people will look at you as being an arrogant SOB that you are unfeeling, cold, society will deem you as some sort of maniac because you're so laser-focused on it. Ironically, at the same time, they want what you have. Have you seen that? Oh, yes. Yes. So part of our journey with ethics and integrity and cleaning it up is ethics has a way for me to... Allow me to be me, allow you to be you, unconditionally. So we've had a few ahas today. For me, it was that I chose to be miserable this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes you feel kind of stupid. <laughs> How's next week going to be different? Trying to stay more aware in every moment that I have a choice to feel this way or a choice to react that way and make better choices. Do you think it's worth exploring what it is that makes you placate? Is it your perception of conflict and you think avoiding the conflict is going to be something? What is that? Because that pattern, is it's forever getting you in something. It sure is. It's definitely worth exploring that, for sure. Well, placation, toleration, based on a history of physical and emotional abuse, is tied to survival. Mm-hmm. Is your coworker getting on your nerves because if you lost your job because you just could not deal with this crap anymore, what would life be like? 
Right. It's definitely a very deep-seated pattern. That's why I'm challenging you to look at. You're not in survival mode right now, are you? I don't think so. So the old patterns of surviving do not apply. Very true. It's amazing how evil those patterns can be to your life. Mm-hmm. They're deeply rooted. That's why I challenge you to look at, while on the one hand, yes, it's all well and good for you to tolerate or placate your coworker by choosing just to simply shift your attitude. I had the flash of how often you had to shift your attitude when you were being abused. And that has become a routine. That has become a, such an in-depth, ingrained routine. It's almost autonomic. Yeah? Very true. Very true. Being aware of that, I'm not saying you have to challenge everything and resolve it every time you find it. If you've noticed, part of the secret sauce to pay me what I'm worth in our time together, that just by becoming aware of something, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, just becoming aware of it, whatever you're becoming aware of, whatever I'm becoming aware of, if I want more of it, it starts happening. If I want less of it, it starts dissolving just because I'm aware of it. Have you noticed that? I have, absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've noticed that. Absolutely. Freaky, huh? (laughs) Isn't that integrating? (laughs) That is very freaky. Very freaky. Just becoming aware of it. It's like looking at a child who's doing something they know they shouldn't be doing and just looking at them. Just the look. I have a hunch each of you know that look, both as a parent and as a child. You know when you were, quote, looked at in that way, if you didn't stop doing what you were doing, all hell's going to break loose. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because someone became aware of what you were doing, Right? Very true, yeah. very true. Yep. Yeah. All they had to do is look at you. And there are probably times where you have relationships with people. They didn't even have to be in the same room. You know, they know, you know you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. And so you stop it. <laughs> true or false? True. True. My son tells me that that look that I can have is frightening. It's scary. That, in a more physical sense, capsulates what I mean by just becoming aware of something. Meaning, just because Mm -hmm. I'm looking at something is enough for it to stop or start. I think that's powerful. Very powerful, yes. The secret sauce. I interrupted the ahas. My aha is that I have noticed that I am so much more aware now, and I am able to stop myself from overanalyzing or going into analyzing mode and just going into that state of being where I can be. And it feels great because it's so much more relaxing. <laughs> I don't feel that pressure that I used to put on myself. 
the explorer mode is always such a nice friend to have around. Mm. Remember that as you're getting into these other steps in Chapter 9. <laughs> i got to say that my aha, my biggest aha, is that I am really comfortable and happy with, with me right now as I am. I don't feel this overwhelming, oh, you got to work on this, 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 this. I know that there are things that I need to grow in, and I will grow in time. <laughs> I've never been in a place where I'm just like totally like, okay, comfortable with where I'm at, understanding that I'll grow in time where I need to grow in time, but right now I'm where I'm supposed to be. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> I feel your controller and your competitor going, what the hell did you just say? Yeah. Excuse me? They're not happy. And they're not happy with the tr- like literally, like that wasn't in any way forced or anything. That scares them even more. <laughs> <laughs> if a controller falls in the forest and no one is there to hear it, did it fall? <laughs> Okay, that was good. (laughs) As you dive into the magic of this chapter, you will begin to feel more confident in ways you never dreamed because it begins to gel everything we've been doing for the past 10 months. Uh Uh-oh, world, watch out. (laughs) Yep. And in our next episode, Christina Irvin will be revealing her world domination plan. Stay tuned. More to be revealed. (laughs) I say that because, Christina, over the past few days, you've been posting quite a few things out to Google Plus where you're honoring and shining light on other household names who are basically saying the same thing that we've been saying in class all along. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. It's your turn to say them. Aye, aye, Captain. Thank you for listening. Any personal ahas of your own? As one of many Pay Me What I'm Worth team captains, it's my role to help you get serious about removing blocks to your success as well as live a more stress-free, confident life. Wonder if this course is for you? If you are a serious action taker committed to playing big in life and being your best you, I look forward to seeing you in my next class. Call me at area code 423-737-5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809 to talk about your next steps. Before you go, let's continue this discussion in the comment box below. You can always help other people have breakthrough moments when you share this show across your social media. I look forward to speaking with you. You're listening to Christina Irvin. One of the many team captains for Pay Radio, definitely radio worth listening to. Have a great day. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.